0: have like a lower limit of how little sleep you can have and still function like a human being. Yeah. Like 6 hours. Okay. So I did that thing where this week was in France for 3 days working and on the first night or in Glasgow before the the early morning flight, I thought, okay, I might sleep through all these alarms. Okay. So you know, I'm just not going to be able to fall asleep. And sure enough, that happened. I got like five hours. Okay, yeah. And so I got, arrived in, in Nice with my colleague, Rachel, and thought, oh, I'm super tired. Yeah, no. Uh, but tomorrow's a big day. I wonder how it's going to go. Will they like me? Will the training go well? And sure Wait, enough, did you not sleep again? <laughs> didn't sleep again. Okay. And Then five hours. It was this, the first night after like a really successful day, and had great chats with everybody, made solid friends with at least one person in the group. Um, <laughs> and then came back to the hotel, and sure enough, same thing happened again. And I don't know. And to be fair, in that one, it was just because it was so warm. It was like twenty ish okay. degrees in the in the room. It was twenty one degrees outside. And whilst that's lovely for the for November, less good for sleeping. Indeed. And the more and the more you look at the clock, the more you panic and think, oh, "I'm only going to get four hours. I'm only going to get three hours. Oh no!" Indeed. What if it goes? What if it goes ter- terribly tomorrow? Because the
1: more tired you get, the more tomorrow is going to be bad, and therefore the more anxious yeah, exactly. you are, and therefore the more tired you get. And suddenly
0: I came down into the to breakfast on the second day with this group. They we were lovely. Like, they had come over from
1: Madrid. <laughs> suddenly you came down to breakfast. I love this. Suddenly
0: I came down to breakfast, yep. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> I just appeared from, um, yeah, being asleep. And suddenly I was there. And the most senior person on the course said, Oh, good morning, Colin. My daughter lives in Aberdeen. And here is a book on Doric. Tell me about Doric. Oh, and no. my brain, on, th- on three hours sleep, plus two terrible nights sleep the night before, I I barely made coherent sense. And you're looking for the simplest of words, be they English or Doric. There's no
1: simple words for a Doric. No. <laughs>
0: and just, like, really struggle to put together sentences. And I, at that point, I'm having, I'm, like, living in my nightmare.
1: This is what I feared. I'm not going to be able to say my own name. Yeah. Anyway, I I generally live my life experience is feeling tired. Yep. So six hours or more, I'll just feel the normal amount of tired, and that's okay. For if I if I sleep six hours a day for like a few weeks, I might get like a little mild headache in the background. But I get those all the time anyway as well. Okay. But if I if I repeatedly do like five hours sleeps, it catches it's up bad. to me very fast, really bad.
0: And yeah. then to make things worse, we finished the course went super well. Uh, lots of very. Um, Semi emotional goodbyes because you've been with, you've know, spent two whole days with these people. So it's a lot of True, intense. That,
1: that is so many getting days. Getting to know each other's rather than just, uh oh, hey, like we're if here. If we you round up to the nearest percent, that's 1% of a year.
0: Absolutely. So 1% wow. of a year spent with these people. <laughs> said goodbye, went to the airport, flight was late. Mr. Connection in London. Oh. Put on a put on a flight. Three hours later, it was an hour late, oh. and so the time between leaving our hotel in the south of France and between arriving at my home last night slash this morning was about twelve hours. It was wow.
1: disgusting, and on three hours sleep. That's like internet. That's like properly across the ocean flight <laughs> levels of, of, yeah.
0: <laughs> of traveling. And uh, it was only t- and it was only two flights as well. And that even with that level of tired, for the life of me, couldn't fall asleep on the plane. Oh, boy. And so instead I listened to a podcast oh. uh, that my brother did with um, a business oh. person. It was very interesting. A business person. I, I was meant to message you to say how much I enjoyed it but I forgot. So, yeah, it was really interesting. Well, you're, you know you're you're lucky that that that, that they listened. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I went uh, went to bed last night and I I failed to remember even falling asleep. It must have been almost instantaneous. Well done.
1: So yeah, you earned it. We're still working with that today. You, you, earn, you done well. I did. Good on you. I did. Yeah. Wow. What about you? What's happening? Sleeping good? Oh no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I, I don't know that I don't know what happened last night, but I couldn't get to sleep. Whereas usually I just. I'm immediately I'm asleep when I want to be, which is a great development for me. I okay. used to be the opposite. Yeah,
0: you did. What's Is your pattern any different now in terms of work, or are you still kind of here and there. early hours of the morning?
1: Oh, no, I, no, I don't. I, oh, you mean like working past midnight, early hours of the morning? Y- yeah, yeah. Very occasionally. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. No,
0: no, no. The problem
1: no. is still just this, uh, I, 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 I tense up when I'm sleeping. And then I wake up with a stress headache and all kinds of muscle aches. Uh. And I'm like, dude, you go to the GP? And I'm like, hey, I clearly have a problem when I'm sleeping and I can't relax properly. And I wake up very tense and in pain. And they're like, oh, you just need to relax more when <laughs> you're asleep. And they're still saying this. Yeah, got, come on, man. are still saying it. <laughs> I'm like, how do you relax more? <laughs> <Just>. <laughs>
0: I'm unconscious because I've said I'm sure I've said this on the the show before, Graham <laughs> can fall asleep within thirty seconds. It's really annoying, yeah, okay, and he 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 needs more sleep than I do. He, he sleeps much longer, whereas for me, I'm a very light sleeper, and seven and a half hours if I get that, that's a success mm. and so for but for a long time, I will just like toss and turn and so I was reading online this uh was one of those articles like this American Army trick will is guaranteed to make you fall asleep instantly. <laughs> is it like march for six hours in a day? <laughs> <laughs> Exhaust yourself beyond the point of dehydration. Instant sleep. No. It was and you can look this up. It's it's you have to go through I think it's called a full body scan in your head so you oh, yeah. start at like the top of your
2: skull yeah.
0: and you just work your way down body parts and you just let each individual body part like tongue and teeth and ears just like relax into the pillow or into the them bed just let know that
1: they're asleep
0: basically and the theory goes <laughs> you let your
1: teeth know that you're asleep
0: <laughs> you your teeth right teeth alright sleep time alright molars <laughs> Good night. see you in the morning <laughs> yeah so this thing and then you by the time the theory goes by the time you get to your your toes, yeah. you're asleep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can buy that.
0: I was very skeptical, and then I tried it twice, and I don't remember
1: getting to my toes. So it clearly, clearly does have yeah, yeah, yeah. some sort of impact. I, I buy into all those things. It's I think it's mostly uh, you're, something that is distracting the brain enough yeah. that it's occupying it and keeping you from doing anxious thinking, but not so much that you have to try hard and stay awake. So my trick... Is to put an audio book on, but like just at the level where I have to try a little bit to, to, to hear it. Interesting. So I can't lose, I can't just like unfocus or otherwise I lose my place. Got it. But it's just quite. It's also quiet enough that I fall asleep and it goes away. Because I on that t- Wednesday
0: night when I got three hours, I tried everything. I got a book out which I read before. In fact, it was one of the books we hand out at the training. So I was like, "Yep, I know all this because I teach every day." I <laughs> <laughs> didn't
1: work. Yeah, that is good. Boring reading. Yep. Yeah,
0: and then I put on a podcast about philosophy, and uh, sure enough, I was finding it really interesting. And I I put on like a snooze timer, yeah, so it, after I-
1: ten minutes it went off, and I was like, "Oh." I was enjoying that. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be something that you don't mind missing right. 20 minutes off after you after you fall asleep. So the show. Yeah, exactly. I hope you all have fallen asleep already. Ah <laughs> after,
0: <laughs> Yeah. After the first 10-15 minutes, that's it. You've you've heard the best bits. Okay, well, welcome to Seesaw Parade. I woke everybody up. Thank you very much for listening. Episode 299. Good number. We're on the precipice here, James, off legend status because my gosh Oh yeah because we haven't made it already no no we're not there we're almost there the cusp of uh, i don't know what the word i'm looking for a word can't find it clearly too tired thank (laughs) you for listening i'm colin he's james (laughs) yeah i am indeed a myth and you can get in you can get in touch with the show at cease operate on twitter cease operate at gmail.com thank you to everybody who got in touch we had a lot of feedback actually about uh, first of all our takes on both House, uh, both House of Dragon and both? Rings of Power, both both shows, good headphones, were uh, <laughs> were met with interesting reactions. So, for example, Amel said enjoyed the reviews. I would like to add my thoughts. House of Dragon, I found dull, Undead didn't double. like any of the characters. Yes. Rings of Power, I found even duller, mm-hmm. didn't like any of the characters. Uh-huh. Now rooting for Sauron. Yeah, team Sauron.
1: You kill them all. Start again. Okay, uh, no, completely valid takes though, because like House of the Dragon is like kind of pretty slow TV with the occasional "Hey, you're paying attention" moment, so you right. get it. And then Rings of Power is just pretty trash. <laughs> right, Tom.
0: Tom listened to uh, our episode last week and said he loved it, although he had a very different opinion on the Rings of Power, apart from the Mordor reveal, which was horrendous. Okay, so, I'd love to hear so, more about that opinion. Well, let me. Uh, I shall now quote him. Uh, verbatim. Okay. I really enjoyed the show despite its flaws. I had low expectations, which might have had something to do with it. Sorry, okay. really low expectations, really which low. might have had okay, something to yeah. do with it. There's at least four R's. R's? Four
1: E's. Yeah. yeah. I'm so tired. Four E's in that word. I just thought you couldn't get Lord of the Rings wrong, and then I was in, came in, and they did it.
0: <laughs> okay, so it's among the most visually stunning TV shows I've seen. The pacing was slow at times, especially on Numenor. It had some good mysteries and hidden identities to work out, though some of the reveals were a little too on the nose. Haha. Aha. I loved the dwarves. <laughs> they were by far the best. And the Adar character was so good, yes. he was actually complex rather than just a straightforward yes. bad guy, as was Sauron. The main thing, Galadriel. Eh. Yes, acting as a teenager when she's actually hundreds of years old was annoying, but I like the fact that it turns out Sauron's return was her fault. I actually much preferred it to House of Dragon at first. Really took me a long time to get back into that. Didn't enjoy the first few episodes that much. The last few were great, though.
1: Yeah, valid. That was Tom's take. I can can understand that brainery. And yeah, Adar, excellent characters. I think I referenced that. I maybe didn't say the name because I don't want to be specific. And Dwarf and Elrond stuff was all excellent. This is what I meant about the show. It felt like it was written by very different writing teams because some of it was just good. Yeah. And then the other stuff... I just couldn't watch. And, and the other point, which I think we somewhat touched on, was the fact that at the end of the
0: show, they made the three elven rings, and that yeah. in the next season, that's when they make the ones for the dwarves and the men, right? Do they? Well, I, pres- I presume so. Like, th- There's more than just three. We'll find out. There's five seasons left. <laughs> no, there's four, four seasons, seasons left. left. Oh, gosh. Well, they've got time to, to make it better. I'm pretty
1: sure one of the writers or something has said that, that Sauron, the Sauron, like they're gonna, they're, they're gonna have Walter White Sauron or something.
0: <laughs> what? Make him a chemistry teacher and get him to sell crystal meth. I don't know. I don't know. I think they
1: had the. I think it was Walter White. <laughs> that would be a turn. What do you mean by that? Make him Walter White. I think they wanted to make it a, like, a, a protag antagonist. Like, the like really? the bad guy that you're that is a that is from a protagonist's okay. perspective. It's my guess. I mean, without going any further into, into spoilery details. Can I make another complaint? And maybe I talked <laughs> about this already, but I still cannot get over the fact that there was a shot of our moon in that show. What do you mean? I've complained about this <laughs> a few times. Sorry if I'm repeating this for anybody. No, you haven't. Uh, okay, Putting cool. a shot of the moon in the show, what's wrong with that? It was Earth Moon. They panned to the sky at one of the wizard scenes or okay. one of the maybe not a wizard scene. Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, and they panned to the sky, zoomed in on the moon because it's a circle and they like circle because, uh, you know, yep. it's very symbolic. And it was our moon. It's like my face. It was Earth moon. It was our moon. So, um, and what's the problem with that? It's not. set on Earth. <laughs> Middle Earth. But it is set on Earth, isn't it? No, it's Middle Earth. It's Middle Earth. Do you
0: know where Mordor is on Earth? No, no but it's like a fictional exactly. version of planet Earth called Middle
1: Earth. Why would a fictional version of planet Earth with incredibly different continents have exactly the same moon with exactly the same, <laughs> same pockmarks? Be- because, or maybe it's
0: a planet that used to exist and now doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, good point. Before Earth was Earth. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, no, no, I was going to say something about another planet crashed into it, but that's how he got the moon, so that wouldn't make sense either. It sucked. I hated it. I, they panned the sky, and I was like, hang on a second. Well, no, if you... That's my moon. If you if you go back,
0: like, what, millions of years, and Earth all used to be joined together, all the all the different bits of Earth...
1: Pangea, yeah. The Pangea,
0: right? Yeah. Then maybe that's it. Maybe that's when he was writing.
1: Yeah, we just got to dig deeper, and we're going to find some hobbit skeletons. That's right. We're going to a big Gandalf man skeleton.
0: Okay, well, if you've got opinions on on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and if they indeed are using the same moon, because apparently that's an important <laughs> plot point,
1: then please no. Do it's just, it let just ruins my immersion. I don't want to think, hey, that's my moon when I'm watching a show in an alternate place. Maybe it was just a moon that looked exactly the same, but it's different. <laughs> Right. What are you saying about the other rings, by the way? They're going to make man's rings and dwarves' rings right. for the next if you couple think, of seasons. If you think back to
0: the opening scene of the Fellowship of the Ring, yeah, there's other they rings. They tell you that they give you there was rings for elves, rings for dwarves, rings for men. So surely the ones they just made yeah. for the elves, therefore rings for dwarves and men, are still to come.
1: Yeah, but they should have made the elves' ones last after after <laughs> this after the Sauron right. reveal and he was gone because he didn't actually get too involved with the elf ones because. Like, he didn't, and that's why they remained kind of pure. It's why Gandalf can wear one of them and not be corrupted. It's why Galadriel had one and Elrond had one, and they weren't getting ruined like everyone else who got rings. So it's just like a little bit of an out-of-order situation. Maybe the order doesn't matter, but I didn't buy it happening the way it did. And in, like, a day. Oh, you didn't buy the moon? I didn't buy the moon.
0: Okay. Right, anyway, thank you for everyone who got in touch, a few other people too, as well as Chris, who had some takes. You
1: know what, we Wait. should
0: record an episode by episode review. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is uh, Chris responding I'm gonna do it. to my,
2: our discussion on birthdays. Here he is. Hello, Seesaw Parade. It's Chris. And I'm responding to the topic of disappointing friends. And I've got to say, <gasps> I 100% agree with James. Friendships like any relationship Uh If there's only one person Putting in the work Putting in the effort Then that friendship's not going to last Exactly Or it's going to lead to That one person feeling Upset, disappointed, frustrated And maybe even a bit resentful All of those things, yeah Which is not good for anyone to feel Definitely not good No one likes to feel let down Or not valued Absolutely. So I think to protect yourself and your own mental health, then I think it's totally fine. And I would encourage- Slice. What James is saying. The big slice. let go of those friendships, which is obviously difficult because you might like that person and like spending time with them. But if it's compromising your own mental health and it's making you feel that way, then- Slice. Is it really worth it? Now, maybe this sounds a bit big headed and selfish. I don't know. This is my (laughs) own opinion. (laughs) Um, but if you're that friend that's putting in all the effort, then to me that proves that you really care about them and you value mm-hmm. the friendship. True. Yeah. If you're getting nothing back, though, then you have to question, well, do they feel the same way about me? Do they actually value me and my time? Yeah. And if not, then, it's nice. then you have to question whether or not it's worthwhile maintaining that friendship. If someone can't see your value, uh-huh. then... I don't think they deserve your time. Oh, wow. And hashtag inspirational. Get that one up post Hashtag wisdom. Yeah. Hashtag slice. Goodbye.
0: Thank you, Chris, for yes, hashtag inspirational. It
1: was. Um sound bites. Excellent stuff. Truth. Truth was spoken. Yeah, it's
0: it's easier said than done if you know you like people, but it's a good point. Have
1: you messaged nope. either of the suspicious individuals? Okay, well done. Good on you.
0: My o- my only quandary is uh, one of them themselves, funnily enough, has a birthday coming Ooh. up in like two weeks. Do I message them happy birthday or do I say, no, I'm not wishing you it because you didn't say it to me because I'm 12
1: and I care about these things. Well, no, okay. Well, no, you can passively not message them, right? And just not message them. Or you can actively do it like, brr. You didn't message me, and I'm taking revenge without you even knowing. <laughs> One of those is different from the other.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, let's uh, crack on with the show. We've got yeah, yeah, lots yeah. to talk about, including the uh, impending demise of Twitter, as well as um, yeah, some hilarious decisions happening in in Qatar, and the fact that there's going to be some football. Yeah, coming up. There is football. Are you
1: backing any teams, James? Uh, I'm backing all the teams who have uh, decided to not attend. For moral reasons. Scotland included. And not because we didn't qualify. Definitely is what happened. Yeah, that's what happened to Scotland. I think Italy also just decided not to attend. Yeah, they decided their team wasn't good enough and they are staying home. Yeah, but moral reasons. They thought, hey, Qatar have probably killed thousands of migrant workers in the process of building this rock Cup. Over 6,000, actually. We are not going to go. And I support those teams. Anyone who's actually going... No. Okay. No support. D- do What's your take on
0: uh, mainly Scottish people who will say anyone but England and will actively support anyone who
1: plays England? Who cares? Who cares what one person supports? <laughs> who cares? Because <laughs> it's not very British, James. Exactly. But, you know. Sorry, that wasn't
0: British enough. Who cares? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> on with the show. Let's talk about tax. Oh. Yes. Yes. Love this bit. <laughs> tax. <laughs> Yeah, okay This is the uh, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt His Majesty Who has unveiled The contents Of That's a weird sentence Has given his Autumn autumn statement To the House of Commons He unveiled the contents Of his autumn statement Uh That sounds like euphemism He unveiled the contents
1: Of that that Casey Kaiser, right? He, it he
0: spilled his bag
1: and the he revealed one, not the money one.
0: He revealed tax rises and spending cuts worth billions Whoa, uh, shocking. which are going to apparently mend the uh, nation's finances. So in summary, in like 5 years though. In summary, the, uh, the uh, I guess one maybe slightly good thing is that the legally enforceable minimum wage is going up almost a pound to £10.42. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jacob rees probably died when he heard that. He, I'm sure he did, because yes, no longer can you employ um, Victorian slaves at, um, well, just like £3 an hour. So you now it's £10 pounds an hour. You can't just chuck three-year-olds down your chimney anymore. <laughs> Which is a shame. Uh, the state pension and means-tested and disability benefits. Sorry, I was still in character at that point. You were in character, yeah. That, I, that was a very good
1: impression of Jacob Rees-Mogg. I felt the accent work.
0: It's it's going up by by 10%, which is in line with inflation. And this is the difference now because, of course, in Scotland, taxes are... um, Devolved. Devolved, that's the word. Thanks, brain. (laughs) And in England, the top 45% of income tax is now being paid for earnings over £125,000 rather than currently £150,000. So that means... That sounds good. Well people done. who are on six figures yep. are more likely to be paying the higher rates of tax than they
1: were um yeah. yesterday. Now we have discussed this a wee bit that people on that level of money usually live in places where you need that much money to survive. So okay. even tax even tax increases at that level of society does hurt and does sting a bit. Well, and yeah. none of these conservative policies are really gonna affect the very wealthiest of people. What they're going to do is affect the wealthiest taxpayers, which is a very different subset. Right.
0: Okay. So then the uh, income tax personal allowance, the higher rate thresholds are going to be uh, frozen for a further two years until 2028. Yeah. So that means that even if you earn more, you're actually going to pay more in tax. Again, in England and Wales, I should say. Yeah. As well as national insurance, inheritance tax, inheritance tax thresholds that are also frozen. So there's a, there's a lot going on here, including the fact that local councils can also hike council tax five percent a year uh, without any sort of I local know. vote. So yeah, well it used to be three percent. So it, it it did, but now it's up to five. Yeah. And the household energy price cap. Um, it's going to be extended by a year, mm-hmm. but it's going to be less generous, says this particular wording. Bills will be capped at around about £3,000 a year instead of the current £2,500. And households on means-tested benefits will get more support, including pensioners, they'll get some more support, yeah. and those on disability benefits. And lastly, windfall tax on profits of oil and gas firms increased from 25% to 35% and extended until March yeah. 2028. Now, before I ask you for your take, this was met with um a lot of disappointment from what we, you would have assumed were Tory parting uh, Tory
1: supporting yeah. media outlets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there has been disappointment from it, those outlets. Yeah, because as that.
0: you say, this this is now that the the Tories taxing a lot more people uh, a lot more money And the people in the middle are the ones who are being uh, squeezed. And people are very unhappy about that. Which is
1: what we expected from Tories. We've talked about this for a couple of years now, where the Tories have already squeezed the working class as much as they can. So they've just gone up the next rung of the ladder. Okay. um, And now they're aiming mostly for the middle class.
0: But this this is a total 180... Compared to what uh Quasi Quartang and Liz <laughs> Truss RIP yeah. had initially announced. So this this to me, as much as it is I mean, I wish, but... of course, yeah, bad news for people who are around about that threshold and who will be paying more tax, this is what was
1: needed, is it? Well yeah, it's kinda of like it's 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 in line with what I said about the leadership race the first time around, We're in like truss was hundred percent idiot and hundred percent wrong for his Sunak's <laughs> ideas were like 5% not wrong. So we're getting the 5% not wrong version of the Tories now. Okay. This is about as, as, up, as good as I could have hoped for from Tories um, with their current media backing and current voter base. You don't get away with actual effective tax policies as a Tory party. Um, it would be great if they could introduce a way for us to be taxing people from their wealth, from just having money and existing and getting free money forever, but those people just tend to dodge taxes completely. So we're taxing everyone now who actually pays tax, but that's the big one. Okay, it's uh, it's what all the media should be reporting on, and so, and they are they are pointing out this, and mostly in the middle class, maybe some upper class earners that are going to pay this. Right, there is a, a huge difference between the richest taxpayer and the richest. Person in the UK, <laughs> one of them is paying tax. <laughs> well, just just
0: on the the back of all this, then uh, there's been a lot of uh, reaction and fallout. So remember, first of all, inflation's at a 41 year high. Yep, uh, with prices expected to peak at about 11% inflation uh, towards the end of this year. And that is then going to have... The cost of living was 10% already, so wow. Indeed. And the result of all this is that the UK and households in this country are facing the biggest drop in living standards on record. Wow. Thank you, Tories. Said that household incomes, um, even with rising prices and in some cases, uh, rising wages, that the... Average household income is going to drop by about 7% and yep. half a million more people will be unemployed yep. within the next year or so as the UK officially enters a recession. We've done it. Because we uh, the economy has been shrinking. Yeah, we've done it. Recession, just two quarters of shrinking right. is not a lot. But how much, how much of that though? Obviously, part of it is down to the Tories. How much of that is their responsibility? Because of course, we've got other things like the Ukraine war, the um,
1: you know even climate change, UK war and COVID. COVID, Brexit. If you look at reports on what is causing inflation, the biggest the biggest numbers on those are things like war and COVID. Yeah. However, the Tories are responsible not just for the last couple of years where we've had the disaster but they're responsible for the 10 years before that where we didn't where we were bouncing back things were good and we could have invested in the nation we could have set ourselves up in a secure little bunker for the next disaster because disaster on a on on a global scale is guaranteed to happen especially in a capitalist uh, society we're always going to be facing uh, the the inevitable recession sometime in the future so when things are good we need to be investing the tories didn't do that though they just kept cutting cutting costs cutting costs less and less money tax the rich less all of these things and now we're going to have nothing in the piggy bank for for when well for i say as if it's in the future for this right now time where we need it where we need the all the investment right. to have happened already and we can't do it anymore
0: Well, just on the back of that, because there is only one more issue I want to talk about here before we move on. This is the Institute for Fiscal Studies who say that the UK has entered a new era of high taxes and that these middle earners we've talked about are set for a shock with these taxes going up and prices already soaring. Yeah, And Uh, and so any... Any decision, apparently, any of the really tough decision on spending cuts, have been delayed until after 2024 because I guess they've decided if we do it now, it's just going to make things even worse. It
1: will, and we can't really do any more spending cuts. This is the big problem. Also, people people do need to recognize that a nation isn't at home though. The bank account is doesn't quite work quite the same way. We don't get like overdraft fees, and we don't get evicted. <laughs> You know, as a nation, we can just borrow a lot more than the UK tends to, but the UK just doesn't do that because we believe in Tories, apparently. Um, Let's move
0: on, but I do want to talk about something which isn't on the agenda, and it's the fact that this week, the world's population reportedly hit 8 billion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we crossed the big A. The United Nations uh, said that they might be like a year or so out. Of this, because obviously, how are you meant to count it? How are you meant to figure it out? I actually don't know. But anyway, they said there are 8 billion. Trends, just maths. Big numbers. Someone sat with a big calculator. Yeah. And they've, they've announced, uh, yes, this was child 8 billion this week. However, as I was reading about it, they say it's going to take about uh, a decade, maybe 12 years, to hit 9 billion. It's going to speed and then up. even yeah. longer to hit 10 billion. And at that point, it's the population's going to start to shrink. They're, they're, they're assuming we're peaking, yeah, at that point. And that of the next, and this was the fact that got me, of the next billion people on the planet, yeah. over half are coming from eight countries. Yes. Eight. Yeah. That's it. Uh-huh. That is wild. And that's why we kind of need immigration. Just saying. Oh, for sure. So this is linked, though, to, to tax. I was looking at this stat that said, in the 70s or 80s, that women in this country were having some, like over 2.2 children each. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple babies and uh, a smaller one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and overall, that was helping the population grow. Because for that to happen, every woman had to be having at least two kids. Yeah. However, well, now that women are, are, are better educated than they were 40, 50 years ago, a lot of them are just deciding, you know what? I don't want to have well, kids. There's a lot of factors. There, there are yeah. a lot of factors, yeah. but education is definitely one of them. Education is one of them. And, and that they've they've decided, you know what, I'm just gonna have one or I'm gonna have none. Yeah. And overall, the average is dropping to the extent that the UK population is is gonna fall without mm-hmm. immigration or continued immigration. Yes. Because we're gonna get to a point Which really doesn't work well in capitalism. We're gonna indeed we're gonna get to a point in like 2050, maybe 2060 where there will be more people over 50 yeah. than there are like under 25. Yeah. And how, the genuine problem of the world over, how are we meant to pay for all the pensions and all the old people and all the care, how
1: do we care for when people? we don't
0: have enough people working?
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. And this is happening everywhere. Yeah, we need fundamental change to the way the world's economy works. It cannot just continue to rely on endless growth. Growth of supply, growth of demand, growth of productivity, growth of everything. And I hope it happens. The, the day we can stop talking about recessions because we haven't been growing, would be it would be great. Uh, but we need that. Either that, or we need to keep having the more babies forever, which also sounds like a really bad idea, you know, overpopulation and stuff like that. Well, I ain't having any. <laughs> Truth. Uh, so and it definitely, it definitely boils back down to the UK. We need the plans, and so we need to start having them now. But similarly, we need the plan for climate change now. We need the plan for like the next global catastrophe now. But what we have is just Tories. Who tax the middle class, but that's, you know.
0: Indeed. That's a, a longer discussion for another day. Let's
1: let's talk about
0: the states, OK? So just before our last episode, the midterms were on the horizon. The midterms have now happened. And this is uh, and or And most accounts have been done. The votes that happen every... or well, halfway through the presidential cycle... To decide mm. who is in the, in middle of the, term. the Senate, yeah, cl- funny that clues in the name. Yeah, uh, who's in the Senate yeah. and who is in the House of Representatives, and to the surprise of basically everybody, yeah, the Democrats managed to hold on to the Senate, which has not happened for a very, very, very long time. Because typically, whatever party the president is representing, then loses the Senate, just completely
1: loses. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess because yeah, after two years, people don't like him. So- well, people get tired, there's, things are never good, so you'll vote for the party that isn't in charge of things right now because they're not the yeah. party that's making things bad, which... I get it. Yeah. It's not very smart, but I get it. And it's it's a pattern that happens in the states and it it would happen in the UK if we had midterms, but we don't do that really. <laughs> Indeed. So the the
0: main one that people were were casting their eyes over was Pennsylvania because the Democrats flipped that yeah. from a Republican seat to Democrat. Now it was it was won by John Fetterman, who's like the 6 foot 8 Huge dude who had a stroke Huge dude, uh, yes. like three months ago and and beat the Trump-endorsed candidate Mehmet Oz,
1: who is from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. A fictional doctor. He might not actually and be was, real.
0: Didn't even know the names of the places that he was representing. And of course, he was one of many Trump-endorsed candidates who lost, but more on that later. Okay. What it means is that currently the Democrats have 50 of the 100 seats, the Republicans have 49 only Georgia is left that's gone to a runoff. Where basically they're they're just voting all over again in December. And even if the Republicans win, the
1: Libertarians
0: represented. win that. Indeed, if the Republicans win that, it will be fifty fifty in the Senate. But of course, Vice President Kamala Harris has the deciding vote. Yeah, and so they will still hold on to it. Meanwhile, in the House of Representatives, the Republicans, as expected, did. Win that
1: back, yeah. Uh, they hit but the it magic
0: two eighteen thresholds in California, and yeah, as you say, way lower yep. than was predicted. A lot of people talking about this red wave, the red tide, and it ended up being, as a lot of people on the right were saying, a red Whoa, trickle. Red. Why did they choose trickle over ripple? Well, uh, trickle, ripple, ripple works better, actually. Yeah. So there we go, red ripple. Surely they said ripple. Red well. ripple. Maybe it's my brain. More of a stain, though, really me making a mistake? I don't believe it. Anyway, let's then combine this with one final story before we talk about it all. Donald Trump, who announced on Tuesday ah, yeah. that he is back. He is going to run. Which is weird.
1: Is it though? Okay. Anyway, he's announcing. Well, it, it, it's weird for another, a different reason.
0: Okay, he says. Uh, he said on Tuesday, he is going to run for president for a third time. He said, "America's comeback starts now. Yeah, we have to save our and he's country." He's already trolling dissenters. despite the fact that he was blamed by a number <laughs> of Republicans, it, right? a number of people on the right, for the party's lackluster performance in the midterms. So oh, yes. that is the state of play at the moment. Now, before I, I give you my take on how all this unfolded and why, the only thing that I was really interested in how this was going to be taken, because I figured that if the Republicans lost a lot of seats, as it looked like they were going to do, or rather, maybe not lose, but they failed to get the, the Senate as predicted, there was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of, of claims, of fraud, it's rigged. They've rigged, they've stolen the election. A wee bit, yeah. And of course, yeah. there were still some people out there who were saying, yeah, it's rigged. It's Democrats are evil. Communists are out to yeah. ruin our country. But yeah, okay, sure, there was a little bit. But generally, not from as right-wing figures I saw and was keeping tabs on, most people seemed fairly level-headed and said that actually... If we look at the amount of Trump-endorsed candidates, the overwhelming majority lost and the Republicans who got re-elected or won were moderates. It's still quite evil, really. Well, well, for example, like (laughs) uh, Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire, who is essentially like uh, old school, classic Republican, George Bush, more classic, traditional American conservative rather than the candidates who were espousing conspiracy theories. Great replacement theory. Right, and rigged elections and, you know, vaccines which are going to mutate your children. So yeah. that, to me, is was the only silver lining, is that the Republican Party slash American politics may be returning to a sense of balance. Uh, yeah,
1: like, it's going to be a bit of a infighty Republican Civil War thing until they know who won, just like it was the last time Trump decided. <laughs> because... Nobody liked Trump until he was their guy, and they couldn't get get away from it. As soon as Trump was the guy, they all just flocked under his trouser legs, like uh, a big orange umbrella. the di- The difference this time is, I think if Trump, I think if Trump wins, the same thing would happen. They would all just bow down. Trump's the guy. We're on team. If DeSantis wins, okay. I'm not so sure if Trump will will try and rally the fan base under there. Might he might just run independent? He might run a third party. He might he might try and run anyway. So, which is like the dream.
0: So, there's what I saw was well. First of all, he's called him uh, Trump has called him Ron de Desanctimonious, which yes, I would be surprised if any Trump supporters actually knew what that meant. And it's less catchy. I think most of Trump knew what it meant, and indeed, and it's much less catchy and memorable than you know, crooked Hillary or sleepy Joe. Ron DeSantis doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I'll be honest. So yeah. on the back of all yeah. of that, though, no, it doesn't work for me. It does seem like Trump was he, he essentially told DeSantis, "Don't run for president because I'm doing it. So yeah. sit back down." Yeah, I was there first. That being
1: said, yeah, look how much he used to fawn over me, DeSantis. It does
0: sound like there's a lot of people who are just tired of the Trump train, despite the fact that, as you say, he has been the de facto leader of the party for six years and will probably continue to for the next two at least until we see who's running for president. Yeah. And the other suggestion was that Trump announced his presidential bid now because of all the legal stuff that's currently going on and that in various settings, I would be unable to tell you which one of these uh, court cases it would apply to. You're unable to... Continue to try someone to prosecute someone if
1: they're running for president, just, which is mad. The idea that that is a thing is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's <laughs> been the suggestion.
1: Anything is being investigated it should not be cancelled just because you're like, yeah, I'm going to run for president. <laughs> like, oh
0: well, okay, we'll wait until you're finished.
1: <laughs> but no, no, no. So, so he did. There, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a reason to suspect that he, that he has some something kicking him to to announce now because when you announce that you're running it becomes more official and you can't just like treat your uh, all your donations and stuff as liberally as you can if you haven't announced yet so that you can right, do right. all the campaigning and stuff without making the official announcement and you get all the campaign finances to live off you can't do that quite as freely if you have announced and you know that if Trump was just a free person to freely do what he wanted, he would be waiting as long as possible to live off that campaign finance and all those donations for as long as possible. It so is there's very an early obvious to be announcing. sign, yeah. There's, there's a sign that he's he's doing this for a reason, not just because he wanted to tell us. <laughs> well, one one suggestion again. This was um, this was on the BBC. A, a
0: spokesperson there or some sort of analyst said, if he starts fundraising now, then of course he's got these mounting legal challenges. That's that's got to help him. In some regard, yeah, he can start paying for all of that, yeah, if he's allowed to. What about the the Democrats then? Because it seems like oh. Biden has taken the Democrats uh, holding on to the Senate as some sort of approval of the way in which yeah. he's running the country. Whereas a lot of analysts would say uh. that the vote was. In the same way that we often we see it in Scotland, people will vote for the SNB yeah. because of independence rather than any of their actual policies oh, yeah. or rather than any of the actual people. Yeah. They're voting for the, for the party because they see the letters. So yeah. some people were saying people are voting for the Democrats regardless of the fact that some of them, yeah, maybe less
1: likely to be the kind of candidate you want, yeah. simply because there's a D next to the name rather than an R. Which when you're in a first-past-the-post system, especially in a two-party first-past-the-post system, absolutely vote for the lesser of two evils. It is the morally right thing to do um spend the rest of your time campaigning for a better system and campaigning for better people within those parties. But if you've got to choose between really bad and like somewhat bad, it's the right thing to do to choose somewhat bad actively in a vote. Okay. You, but don't like give them any money or anything. You don't try and support their base. Um so I would agree that this isn't necessarily a hey yeah, Joe Biden's real good vote. And it wasn't. It was a surprise that they won this. They haven't really achieved much. They pushed out a few little desperate vote grab measures in the in the in the months leading up to uh, the midterms, probably hoping that they'd all uh, that the midterms would be lost and the Republicans would strike down all the things like student debt relief and all that stuff, and uh-huh. um, which might still happen because the Republicans just have a majority uh, in the House and they're already canceling the like. Uh, the January sixth commission, com- commission, commission, committee investigation. They're canceling other investigations. So, I'm pretty sure Biden thought we're losing. I'll do a bunch of measures to try and make people like me. The Republicans will win and cancel them all. Biden is not inspiring. He's doing okay sometimes. The, okay, the big new, the big, the Green New Deal. Excellent. Some excellent things, but nothing that people are going to vote for when they're looking at how much inflation is going up. The only thing the voter cares about yeah, yeah. is inflation, and they'll blame Biden for that. So uh, wh- what he can do with a, with a Senate, because he has majority technically, what he can do with that without the House is just kind of like yeah. make the bills nicer, but the House is still going to just make it very hard to get anything done. We're going we're gonna to see another one of those gridlocks when they can't decide on their spending and stuff. Guarantee. So yeah, sorry everybody in the states. It's probably going to be a horrible two years.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the reality, which is now that the uh, Congress is divided, with the Democrats in control of the Senate and Republicans in control of the House of Reps. Then essentially, it just it's just gridlock,
1: isn't it? That anything that Biden wants to pass is just going to get. Yeah. Shut down. Everything's going to be fought over a lot harder. It's going to be harder to get anything done. However, they could still get things done. I do hope that they show a bit of backbone for the next couple of years. And they might, um, because we've seen something like Nancy Pelosi stepping down as Speaker. Um, yeah, yeah, Which is a, bit, is a big deal, and it shows that some of the establishment, people at the head, top of the party, are willing to step aside... Before they have to, like retire for health reasons or whatever, you know, they're willing to give other people more influence, and other people who are probably younger more influence, even if that younger is sixty instead of eighty right.
0: it's 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 the one final point I'd like to end on, which is the fact that, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, who has led the Democrats for almost twenty years, has announced she's going to stand down. So she is eighty two. yeah, Biden uh, this week coming, turns eighty yeah. and Trump, if he runs for president, as expected in 2024, will be 78. Yeah. And will then be 82 by the time he, he um, or perhaps, perhaps he's impeached or he's resigned. But let's say he lasts four years. If he does indeed get voted in, heard it here first. I know, right? He'll be 82. So at some point, a Mitch McConnell must be near death's door as well. So why? <laughs> Mitch was Mitch born do? before they started taking records. <laughs> why? <laughs> Are all these people in their eighties and running the country?
1: It just seems like there's no limit. They just, they just. I know they have the power, and there's no reason to let it go. But surely, seeing people who are in their which like is why Nancy letting go is a big deal. Forties, fifties, seems like a better idea than if you're eighty-two. Not if you're a boomer, right? Who are who have been the majority of the votes, and I'm saying that without the derogatory terms. If you are somebody who looked up to those politicians when you were becoming the voter age and they've done things that are good for you for 40 years why would you stop voting for them it's only now that this vote was pretty heavily influenced by millennial and zoomer uh, voters that we're seeing the parties recognizing hang on maybe the young people are going to matter more than the people who have voted for us for the last 40 years let's uh let's have a rethink. So if there maybe the Republicans will do it too, maybe the Democrats have just woken up a bit sooner. I really hope that Biden just stands aside and gives gives some younger okay, uh, more eloquent and quicker person a chance at this thing and I hope that person is not Kamala Harris cuz <laughs> she's not inspiring at all. Just and she's just she's just that cop. Final word from me.
0: The Biden administration today told the US court that Mohammed bin Salman is immune. From the civil case which involved the murder of the uh, journalist Jamal Khashoggi, oh, because apparently now that he's the Saudi prime minister, uh, he can no longer be tried at court for something which even the U.S.'s own mm-hmm. intelligence agency mm-hmm. said was his call. Yeah, definitely legitimate, excellent, very encouraging. Wow. Biden will say, actually, you know what? Y- he can't. You can't
1: do it. He's too important. Some, yeah, maybe that thing. I thing where I said I hope he has a backbone. Maybe, it, maybe that was wishful thinking. <laughs> I mean, but they they they, they have to they, like they have to in their view do this because they can't get their oil from Russia so easily. So they gotta just suck up to anybody else who's willing to give them oil. I uh, Saudis. But in the meantime, hopefully they keep investing in renewables and please, people start investing in things like nuclear instead of shutting it down. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's talk about Ukraine and Russia, which there's a lot's happened over the last 10 days or so, and it started with the news that Russian forces decided to abandon the city of Kherson. They did. Kherson. Kherson. Which was the only provincial capital they captured since February. Yeah. And uh, just like their failed capture of Kiev, holding on to uh, Kherson simply became untenable. They were unable to keep doing it because of essentially how... Um, remote it was in in landlocked terms with bridges, rivers, all sorts of stuff. And these isolated forces eventually decided, you know what, bye. And they retreated. So there were signs of uh, shots of celebration. Uh, President Zelensky came to the city to meet people and the soldiers. And of course, this was seen as an embarrassment for Moscow uh, because this was a big deal when they first took the city. However, in the days uh, following that, there has now since been a, a huge bombardment in terms of missiles off the city of Kiev with uh, something like 72 missiles yeah. hitting the city in the space of about 12 hours. That caused widespread power shortages. About 10 million people went days without electricity. And then in the headline uh, news, which caused a lot of consternation, was the fact that a, a missile landed in Poland And killed two people right on the the border of Poland and Ukraine. And this has then, people waited with bated breath to see what had happened. And President Zelensky said that he had received assurances from his commanders it was not a Ukrainian missile. And NATO Mm -hmm. and the US came out to say it was likely air defense systems shooting a Russian missile out the air. Right. And it then landed and killed these these poles. So yes. that, of course, though, deeply concerning because that's NATO territory. And as has been it's said before. The kicker, yeah. That if Russia attacked
1: uh, a NATO territory, then it was, all right, bye-bye world. Yeah, cheers, yeah. See you all later. Uh, I, I I had a good existence, yeah. It was nice.
0: <laughs> we nearly made it to episode 300. Yeah. So that's what happened. And uh, I believe even Russia praised the US for their restraint in uh, their statement to react to that. Because it seems that even in a situation like that, both Russia and everybody else in the world crossed their fingers and prayed
1: that it was an accident. Because, yeah, that would have been bad news for everybody. It would have been. And, you know, the initial headline outpouring was all, oh, hey, Russia missile has landed in Poland. It was very much not, we're going to find out the source of this missile. So it was a terrifying little moment if you're paying yeah, yeah. Uh, close attention. Um and uh, you know, even though it was a kind of an accident, it like it's not one of those like legitimate accidents. It doesn't happen unless you fired the missile, right? <laughs> this wouldn't happen unless well, exactly, Russia was yeah. doing aggression. So it still is a little tick on the how close we are to World War clock, and I don't like it.
0: Well, there was the, the feedback or the fallout, I should say, of all of this though, was that even if it was intentional, and let's say it was a Russian intentional attack, yeah. Would anyone have or NATO have really done anything? <laughs> NATO would come out and be like, oh, it was an accident. We, we, we are pretty sure it was an accident. Because let's face it, as we've talked about before, the principle of mutually assured destruction yeah. is well understood by both sides, which is if one of us fires, fires one nuclear missile, that's okay, it. Boom.
1: Yeah, we're done. We're all dead. I'm pretty sure the response would have just been giving Ukraine even more good equipment. Okay. Like the better stuff, the stuff that is usually reserved for the, the maybe world war. Let's just send some of that as well. Some really good jets and whatnot. Uh, train them how to use them, because this war is just endless. There's plenty time for training. Um, so it would have been a ramp up in supplying rather than like firing missiles back, you know? but Russia of course sees a ramp up in supplying as like de facto firing missiles back so who knows how they'd respond to that. Yeah.
0: So in the wake of all this 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 happened I should say as the G20 summit was taking place course, in the timing, yeah. Indonesia and it was Sergey Lavrov who was representing Russia there was was in um, in the meetings whilst this was happening. Yeah. And suddenly he he left very quickly. This was then followed by the likes of Gen Mark, uh, General Mark Milley, who is the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the US, who said that whilst a Ukrainian military victory defined as kicking all the Russians out of all of Ukraine, including Crimea, yeah. and that the probability of that happening anytime soon is not high militarily, yeah. yeah. a political solution was much more possible because of these Russian, uh, recent Russian losses. So. <sighs> Is that something we're edging closer to with the Russian pullout from uh, Kherson? Because cl- clearly they recognized the the gain of holding onto the city as we all slowly die or we waste all of our resources yeah. sending
1: stuff to the city. It's actually just not worth well, it. Let's go. Yeah, they're trying to act like they're just repositioning and preparing themselves for like some grand offensive or whatever. Like Russia has also officially entered a recession. You know, uh, they they're having the war really strains things uh they clearly are not going to be able to keep up all the supplies they need in the front lines and things like that so they are withdrawing i i still don't see like an end to this on the horizon you know no. this is just gonna be a thing for a long time but it might not be quite as active a thing we might not see these like 700 troops killed in the last week headlines next year it might be Dozens because people are more just entrenched and not really doing much, um but again it just it all it will all it all depend on how well supplied Ukraine is with all the things they need to be a more offensive in this war and to take back land. I don't know if I answered your question there i yeah it was it yeah. was good enough okay let 's talk about <laughs> Twitter and the car crash that you're unable to take
0: your eyes off. So oh, boy, it's fast. This was, in, in the last episode, we talked about how Elon Musk, in just in the, a few minutes before we started recording, had laid off over half of Twitter's staff. Now, James, before I, I go to you for your take on all of this, let me just <laughs> run you down a rough timeline yeah, let's get this good, of yeah. everything that's happened in the last uh, 13 days or so. So, first of all, after you laid off about half the staff, Uh, Following his $44 billion purchase of the company, uh, the company took a U-turn and asked dozens of the employees who were fired to come back because they realized that they sacked some of the wrong people. Of course they did. uh, Laid off by mistake and others who were let go before management realized their work and experience was necessary to build (laughs) new features that Mr. Musk Mm -hmm. wanted. Yes. Then, as we talked about with the uh, $8 blue tick, they introduced that. For about four hours, because what it led to was paid blue tick accounts impersonating influential companies, uh, brands, individuals. <laughs> it's hundreds. It's so good. Actually, tanking yeah, the stocks. <laughs> of fake verified accounts who, in some cases, or in one which was a company which provided insulin, uh, they impersonated this company to say that insulin was now
1: free and tank the stock
0: <laughs> the, of that company. The
1: company had to come out and apologize and be like, no, 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 no. We're not actually doing the right thing. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> so that happened. We had uh, tweets from uh, fake Apple, Nintendo, BP, Chiquita, Um, who said, we haven't started a war since 1954, as well as uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, George W. Bush, Tony Blair. Everyone. Loads of them. Even the the, um, Republican candidate for Arizona, Governor Carrie Lake, who tweeted that she was conceding to her Democratic opponent, despite the fact the votes are still being counted. So, this was chaos, and after four hours... They decided to roll back Shocker. the uh, blue tick. I
1: am unsure if that's even back, or is it back? I I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what the current state of verification is on Twitter. There's there's been the the on and off, okay. and then on again. The with the official the badge on top of the verified badge. Yep. I don't know if they like paid everybody back the eight dollars, which they probably should do legally. I don't know. They're in a they're in a pickle. <laughs> Since then, and this is in the last few days, Elon Musk
0: sent all staff an email to say that either they, they had a choice. They had to sign up to work long hours at high intensity, or they had to leave. All right. And they had to click uh, a button.
1: Hardcore workers needed. <laughs> click, click by here. By
0: uh, hardcore tweeps, I believe was the phrase he used. Uh, click here by 5 PM <laughs> if you want to be on this journey. <laughs> And uh, oh, they actually
1: say tweeps as the t- worst.
0: Yeah, and then he also said please continue to comply with company policy by refraining from discussing confidential company information on social media <laughs> with the press or elsewhere. And of course, <laughs> this then led to dozens more Twitter employees
1: deciding, you know what? I mean I'm done. I mean it was basically sign up to be taken advantage of. Yep. In the in the workplace for months or We'll give you three pay, three weeks, three months worth of pay you'll find another job in like a week. So it's just like free money for you. you had so of course, everybody's taking the free money.
0: <laughs> you had uh, the, the former Twitter vice president, Bruce Daisley, who um, was saying managers of teams, their managers were terminated. That manager's manager was terminated. The yeah. person above that was one of the execs terminated on the first day. There's nobody left. And someone else who uh, who said to the BBC here... The comms team seems to be gone. I didn't want to work for someone who threatened us over email multiple times about only exceptional Tweeps should work here. When I was already working sixty to seventy hours a week, yeah, and that leaves around about two thousand people left. When uh, three weeks ago there were over seven and a half, so there's genuine concern now that the site is is going to collapse. It's and doomed, Yeah, that's it. And the final story before we talk about all of this okay. today, as of Friday. Twitter has told employees the company's office buildings will be temporarily closed immediately. (laughs) While they figure out who's allowed to use it. (laughs) (laughs) And offices would be reopening on Monday the 21st. And yeah, as you say, failed to give a specific reason for why. So yeah, all of Twitter locked building-wise over the
1: weekend. Yeah, Right, James, all this madness, what do you think? In a horrible way... Not surprising at all that Elon is the type of person to take over a place and think they understand it from the top to the bottom before they've even walked in the door and immediately starts trying to make major changes. It seems like common sense that if you take over managing something, you should wait a while and watch how the team works and watch how different people work. And maybe you'll spot inefficiencies over that while while you're waiting and doing nothing. And then maybe you'll be valuable after you've learned the entire infrastructure of the place that you've taken over. Not Elon though. He's come in and elon'd it up. And unlike his previous efforts where he's eloning, where you've got something like Tesla, which is mostly employs people who are very inspired to get rid of fuel-powered cars and maybe are inspired to get rid of driving and instead having autonomous people and autonomous cars. And therefore, actually will sacrifice their personal lives to achieve this great goal. And, you know, unlike a SpaceX where you've employed a bunch of nerds who are just so keen to get people on the moon and Mars that they will just sacrifice their entire lives and livelihoods to make it happen and therefore you can take advantage of them very easy. There's a lot of social media networks out there and almost all of them want to employ the best people in the field. The only thing you can do to keep the best people in the field is make the place of work very good. Make the rewards of your place better than working at Facebook or better than working at any of the other competitors. Elon stripping all that away on day one, dumb move that anybody with a half a brain could have avoided, but it's a very Elon thing to do. So it's no surprise that he just continued going down really bad decisions. And... I don't really feel sorry for the employees because they're all getting severance, you know? Most of them are getting huge amounts of money as they walk out the door. A ton of them had stock and have just made a a bank off Elon buying literally their stock. So I don't think we need to feel bad for any of them. It's probably why we're seeing so many of them trolling on Twitter. They know they're getting paid, even if they get fired. And they will get a, a, a job at one of their competitors very easily. I want this to be the end of Elon. <laughs> I want um, him to have no influence after this, but he will because he's got a won't. diehard fan base of nerds and he's got a diehard yeah. fan base of people who think he's a genius. Um, but I also hope that well, anybody was... who has been thinking he's a genius, and anybody who in the future maybe tries to imply he's a genius, is also affected and people don't believe they- them either. And it and it's a secondary effect of making all of them illegitimate too. This is a huge moment right, so for us.
0: Just on the back of all that, of course, he's continued tweeting and uh, something he said uh oh, just a few days ago was uh, apparently the twitter usage was now at an all-time high yeah uh, on the back of of his how about profits though indeed well we talked about that last time and uh, yeah so his tweet was we just hit another all-time high in twitter usage lol let that sink in
1: i mean yeah Da-da-da. people go to watch a fire burn down a huge building right <laughs> so of course they're just going onto the platform as burning down that's where the entertainment is right now, especially when it's someone like Elon, who who is such a divisive character, is in charge of it, and we're all getting to enjoy it. I haven't been back on Twitter, and a lot of people have deleted their accounts. Um, I, think, I think that the chances of Twitter just not existing after this are low. I think there will be a platform. I think it will forever be a thing. I just don't think Elon will be in charge of it, and I don't think he's going to be as wealthy. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about a couple of other items before we wrap up. Number one, very briefly, is that officer Gavin Williamson, who is now the former uh, cabinet secretary in government. He had been accused of sending abusive messages to a fellow MP of bullying a Mm -hmm. senior civil servant, including telling uh, a staff member to either jump out a window or slit their throat. And now he's off. Yes. And
1: then he's gone. The, the strong and assured and very prime ministerial Rishi Sunak stepped up and told him to leave, right? Because Rishi's a great leader, right? Well. Oh, wait. He did nothing. <laughs> to me, it was a case of Rishi
0: probably was waiting for him to resign so he didn't have to fire him. Yeah, but well, why
1: wait? <laughs> well, that's that's the problem. Yeah, but that's what I think happened. You wanted him to, you wanted him to quit. Oh, for sure. He's weak. It's is another weak Tory in charge of bad Tories. Yeah, so I wouldn't on, be surprised if this is the, the only scandal this month. There was, uh, yeah, increasing
0: pressure was put on Sir Gavin after a series of expletive-laden texts were uh, published in the Sunday Times. They'd been sent to the then Chief Whip, as well as uh, Anne Milton, who was a Deputy Chief Whip uh, between 2015 and 2017, who told Channel 4 News that Sir Gavin's behaviour was threatening, intimidating, and that he's now been reported to the uh, the MP's bullying watchdog. Over all of these messages, I think he was the defence secretary, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: but anyway, he didn't last, and he was away. I don't remember what his most recent role. He's had several cabinet positions because the Tories are just shuffling incompetence between different seats. It's um, it's also the third time
0: he's left the government because yeah. in 2019 he was sacked after leaking d- details of Huawei's potential involvement in um, oh, yeah. the UK's 5G network. Yeah. And then he lost his job again last year because of the A-level exam results turmoil. Yeah.
1: And now he's out again. But look at that. again. I'm sure he'll be back. In a couple of years, he'll be back. He's got. He's apparently got friends in government. They'll give him a Lord Sea or something. You know, just a lifelong cushy position with free money attached. It's just what all Tories want, and that's what they all, of course, think they, that they deserve. Okay,
0: and uh, lastly, before we move on, let's talk about the World Cup in Qatar because two days before it starts, alcohol <laughs> is not being
1: sold in the stadiums yes. unless you're in corporate. Yes. So what we have learned is that FIFA, to no one's surprise, is not the dom in this relationship (laughs) okay that is one way to put it so despite
0: the fact that we knew this yeah ever since the games were awarded to to qatar yes uh, alcohol is is essentially forbidden in uh in the muslim country it's strictly controlled and despite the fact that yeah the tournament is starting on sunday when uh, qatar play ecuador it was announced today yeah that's it sales are off oh yeah no the rich people still get to drink naturally and only if you're in corporate can you buy booze uh, budweiser who are a, a major sponsor of the tournament owned by uh, the beer maker ab InBev, and they had exclusive rights to sell the beer <laughs> uh, they tweeted on friday well this is awkward and that was swiftly deleted <laughs> but that does mean that there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of beer sitting in a desert somewhere
1: yeah well i do think they're still able like to sell alcohol in the like the fan enclosures in the zoo. Yes. Yeah, you know how like they've set up like tent cities for all the fans to to live in, I think, and have fun in. I'm sure. I think that th- those places are allowed alcohol. It's just like at the stadiums, no alcohol. But that still is a breach of a contract that FIFA has with Budweiser. <laughs> so this is trouble. They are going to have to pay a lot of money for sure because to Budweiser. Yeah, 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 two
0: days. Before it starts, like how how does that happen? That,
1: the shipping's already done. All the costs have already happened. They were they were ready to make but, their money back, and now they're not going to get it
0: right. But but genuinely, two days beforehand, and suddenly, you know, despite the fact you have had what a decade oh, uh, to plan this and to figure out, okay, either there's going to be no. alcohol on, on the stadiums or not. Two days before the first game, that's it.
1: Uh, so, cause Qatar don't care. They don't care. Q- Qatar don't care. They they they're just going to make their rules. This is this could have been predicted. I bet. Um, they have very strong religious-based beliefs on a lot of things. And this is one of them. And they are not going to tolerate that for other people just because the football is on. So they're trying to find the where they can tolerate it is going to be the places they have deemed like unholy for the next right. little while. But they want the stadiums to be holy because they're going to be there. They're not going to be in the fan zones. They're not going to be in the tent cities and stuff like that. They're going to be in the stadiums though, all the all the all the uppers who are controlling Qatar. So they don't want to be surrounded by alcohol except the rich people who are allowed to drink it, of course. Right. Um, because so, they're respectable. No, yeah, cuz re- when it comes to wealth, wealth tr- wealth Trump's religion, of course. Um so, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of things that were getting discussed and were signed, and there were contracts, foreign agreements between the FIFA org and Qatar. And FIFA were just mostly just giving them everything because they kept getting money. Because okay. we all know that this was all because of bribes. Um. So, it's no surprise that there's just yet another disaster at the closing days before the tournament starts. Have fun, any fans who are going there. I do hope the fans enjoy it, but I hope they are. Awakened to why politics matters a little bit. Well, that
0: that was the other the one final thing is, of course, the um, the concern over human rights. They've had six thousand migrants die, uh, building these stadiums in the last uh, decade plus, and yeah, yeah, living conditions for all the ones who haven't died, of course incredibly subhuman people migrants who wanted to leave to go back to the likes of bangladesh uh, nepal and india passports were confiscated and they were yeah. um told too bad we know you want to go home but you can't and as well uh, lgbtq plus treatment of people in that country as well if you're gay for example if you just if you just are gay then either it's up to seven years in prison or if you're gay and a
1: Muslim, it's potentially a death sentence. Yeah. And what have we been told by our by our own politicians in the UK is to respect them. Indeed. So then we also had
0: the former Qatari international Khalid Salman, who told a German reporter from Bild that homosexuality is um, is haram, it's forbidden. And that is a result of, and I quote him here, damage in the mind. Yes, yes. And the
1: World Cup takes place there in two days great but, and we must respect their beliefs so we have to respect their beliefs colin
0: that that's what the message has been and of course there have been some teams i know for example switzerland uh, their their uh, the strips they're playing in are literally just block color red or block color white because the makers hummel basically said we ain't supporting any of this I know we have to contractually provide you with a shirt, right? But we ain't we ain't doing anything other than literally making it nice, red or white. Yeah. So there have been some, yeah. Uh, I would say performatory gestures, some carpo protest, because even the likes of Gary Neville. Yeah. the um, English former international Man United player, outspoken pundit. He has been making a song and dance on Twitter about how horrendous it is that the Qataris are hosting the tournament, human rights abuses, thousands yeah. of migrant deaths, gays yeah. put to death, put in prison, yeah. and yet yeah. he is going to the country to
1: commentate. He is, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's been a big, uh, big discussion about David Beckham. I think he's like our ambassador for the World Cup or something. Oh really? Yeah, he's getting paid like a bunch of money by by Qatar to go ambassador at the World Cup to be like a face of the thing. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Joel Isaac did a funny thing about it. Uh, he recorded a video just explaining that you know David Beckham. Uh, used to be a bit of a gay icon, even though he's not gay himself, because he he tolerated gay people. He had interviews with gay magazines and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um and people, of course, respected that. And now David Beckham is getting paid a whole bunch of money to go and be influenced by Qatar. And he will not be allowed to do positive things there. He won't be allowed to do it without losing his contract and money. So he won't. I don't I don't know if he's said anything about it yet he probably has at some point this week because there's been so much talk about it um, but there has there's been a there's been a ton of people who are very performatively protesting but are going to go and get paid to perform and to do things and to uh, put on a show and this includes all the teams and all of the staff of those teams uh honestly i think it is not the right thing to do it's not the right thing to go to the world cup it's not the right thing to watch the World Cup. It's not the right thing to uh, attend as a fan. I wouldn't say it's the right thing to go down to the pub and watch the finals. It's something that we should be ignoring um, in terms of giving them the actual eyes on the on the product.
0: Well, I think there's there's definitely going to be a less of a viewing audience this time, mainly because of the fact that Car- uh, Qatar got it in the first place. You no, know, they're a team, uh, a team, a country. Whose football pedigree is basically zero, yeah. and it's understood by everybody that the tournament was bought, yeah it wasn't won, it was bought it was bribe it was it was bribe it was bribes, it was corruption, everyone knows that, and so yeah. a lot of people for a lot of people i, I include myself in this there is just a little a sense of unease about the whole thing. Look, if it was being held in, in France, Germany, Spain, Brazil, as it has been in the past, genuine football nations where there's a real sense of, you know, atmosphere and camaraderie and competition, fine, great. But when it's in Qatar, for reasons solely about money, yeah.
1: nah, ain't feeling it. Yeah. And also Scotland aren't there. Well, yeah, even then, I think even if Scotland was there, I, 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 would, I would encourage just nobody to care. And if Scotland went, I would encourage nobody to care. I'm surprised that the teams are bothering. Um, but then again, I'm not surprised that the teams are bothering because it is the, all the teams are corporations themselves. They don't actually have standards. I am. I really hope that some players, some team, anybody is brave enough to make a statement and just... Oh, for sure. ...actually make a deal out of this because there's just not enough of that. I am surprised how many people are in the pocket and taking taking a chance to get a profit here.
2: Okay,
0: let's finish the show. Let's talk about what we've been watching. And also we have a trailer. James, I have watched. Okay. I'm only going to say, I'm only going to give two reviews here, but I have watched five movies.
1: What about you? Wow, well done. I don't think I finished anything. Oh wait, no, I read okay. The Expanse, books one and three, right. one, two and three. Well, let me tell you first of all,
0: I have watched the first four Harry Potter movies for the first time in my life. Wow, the good ones. As you imagine, as you may imagine, uh, dear listener, Harry Potter was banned in my household <laughs> growing up, so I missed out on all this, and watching it oh, back, the first two movies are uh, essentially just children's movies, They are. so I felt a little unusual watching them. Yep. and then it gets to the prisoner of azkaban which has uh gary oldman the good one and
1: uh david thewlis in it
0: yeah it's genuinely a, it's a fun movie i enjoyed Until it a you lot started
1: thinking about time tra- chart travel and you realize they didn't <laughs> right? really make it make sense at all but that's okay
0: it didn't yeah it didn't really make sense but that's okay i enjoyed i enjoyed that movie genuinely did and then the most recent one was the fourth one that's the ch- goblet of fire no Yes, it is the one with uh, Robert Pattinson. How did you put your name in the car? Robert Pattinson's in it, and uh, it's the debut ah, of yeah. uh, Voldemort,
1: played by it Ray Fiennes.
0: Yes, and again, it's just a it's just a fun movie.
1: It's fine. Yeah, yeah until you think about the like the the fact that uh, uh, Peter Pettigrew was on the Marauders map all the time forever, sleeping in the same bed as Ron, and nobody told him.
0: <laughs> fair enough. You're thinking over. You thought about this way more than I did. But anyway, I have I've watched all four so far. <laughs> Is that far. that film? I don't even know the timeline anymore. I've right? watched all four, and uh, so there's still like four more to go. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Look, if you want to stick on Prisoner of Azkaban or the
1: other one I just said, yeah, it's fine. You know? Oh, no, yeah, I just I just made fun of the third film again by accident. I got I, I okay. The fourth one's just not that great, but it's okay. It was it was fine. They're fine films. I wish they didn't exist though. If we we get into the message of the Harry Potter films, overall, it's trash, right? What you have is a corrupt state because Voldemort is on the rise and the state does nothing about it. Uh And then at the end of the books or the films, Harry's like, I'll be a policeman for the state. And that's like the message. It's just like, let's try again, but harder. Spoiler. Um, Spoiler. Sorry. Harry doesn't die, I guess. Um, I figured that yeah um, and then you've got things like the the house elves right i i don't know how much you've interacted with the house elves by film 4 uh but they're it like it does seem like slavery they're slaves And then the message of the book is like, but that's okay because they want to be slaves, right? And that's it. Hermione like sets up a anti-slavery or anti-houseelf slavery group, (laughs) and it's seen as like a joke. It's seen as like a thing to ridicule her for. It's like, oh, right, hang on, what's your point about slavery? And then if you want to dig a little deeper into the slavery aspect of it. One of the only main black characters is called Kingsley Shacklebolt. Wow, which I find is just a little on the nose, <laughs> on top of having a slavery a slavery is good actually subtext. Uh,
0: I think it, it, I would say that the Harry Potter franchise suffers from the same thing the Lord of the Rings franchise did because it was filmed at the, the end of the twentieth century in the early two thousands. If you think of Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, I don't think there's a single black character. Everybody in it is white. Yeah. And that's why in the Amazon TV show where they actually have had the audacity to cast some people who aren't white. Excellent. People casting. were very people were very mad about that and say, How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. in Lord of the Rings should be white. Yeah. There's there's always those problems that come with time, yeah. Also in that original trilogy, if you think of the um what are they called? The Haradrim. The Haradrim, and yeah a couple of the other baddies, it's very, very much like anti-Orientalism. Yes, that is that is heavy in Lord of the
1: Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Again, is a product of the fact that Tolkien wrote that at the, the, the end of World War II, Indeed. where it was very much like everyone be suspicious of the Japanese. So yeah. those themes, very prevalent, again, in hindsight, because it was a product of it, product of its time. When it came out, obviously nobody batted an eyelid. 20 years on, people are, are much more aware of it. And clearly when Harry Potter was written in the 90s, yeah, then calling your black character Kingsley Shacklebolt <laughs> yeah. was just like yeah of but course of course he'd be called that he's black yeah
1: the names and stuff is just a little like cherry on top because a lot of the names are a bit problematic <laughs> Um uh, but I I also th- I think that in the nineties we knew that slavery was bad even if they wanted to be slaves we did.
0: <laughs> okay
1: anyway I also watched Enola
0: Holmes two which I was totally aware was out but it's on Netflix and it's the sequel to it's on Netflix the very fun first Enola
1: Holmes movie I haven't watched either I might do a little mini marathon
0: so it's uh, Millie Bobby Brown playing yes. the role of the sister of Sherlock the much younger sister who's played by Henry Cavill and yes again it's it's just a fun film so Good. stick it on in the background, and uh, what I like about it is that she breaks the fourth wall, and that's kind of her gimmick. Yeah, but it's it, the plot's fine. Okay, light entertainment, fair, and uh, a little bit of the detectiveness in there too. There are some pretty cheesy lines. Yeah. For example, she'll turn to the camera and say, "the The skill of a detective is pulling at a loose thread. Right. This character here is a loose thread, uh-huh. and I'm going to pull. Right. And then." runs after her and you you think (laughs) okay someone was paid money to create that line you made that line the sea is always right and it made it made the it made the final cut that being said I enjoyed it and I'm sure there will be more because they're well made yeah 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 well relatively well acted it's oh, fine. Right. Hang on. I've got to put a Zelda outdoors. Okay. Well, whilst you do that, I will say, if you, dear listener, have watched a TV show, have you finished it? Have you seen a movie? Have you gone to the theater? Have you read a book? Have you finished a book? Have you made a meal and thought it was great? Review it. Send it to us, ceaseoperate so at gmail.com. Yeah. And like we did with uh, Young Chess earlier, we will play your review. Yeah. On the show. Perhaps even. I'll respond to it like you're actually live. On episode. Kind of. 300. In which I really should watch the movie. Th- do you want? Know what? That's what I'm going to do. Can I watch the movie? you going to watch 300. Okay, I might do that. In time for, for episode 300. I might do that.
1: Okay. Uh, I did read a book. I read three books in three weeks. They were good books. I read them very wow, fast. Wow. You're a nerd. <laughs> but they're good. What was the best one? It was the Expanse, uh, the Expanse. The first three books of The Expanse series, which is the ones Didn't that Didn't they got, make that TV show? Yeah, the, the ones that got adapted into a TV show. That the TV show was also very good. Okay. Um, and I was just like, I really like books and I really like sci-fi. And I know that this is a good sci-fi. And I'd, I'd been told that the books were different enough from this show that it would be- Good to read without without like being uncomfortable. Okay, and it was it was really good. You can tell that one of the writers because it's it's written by like a by two people. I think they've got a pseudonym together, and one of the writers is George R. R. Martin's assistant. You can tell. Uh, that it is there's just some similarities in the structure and stuff like that that i think they were trying to make a little bit of a sci-fi space thing that felt a bit like a, a game of thrones uh okay vibe in some ways and it works and it's a really cool uh series because it's it's about a, a part of the human race in sci-fi space things that we don't really often visit you've seen a lot of films about people going to the moon and like people maybe going to mars uh, and like establishing a colony wait 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 wait, wait going to earthman or going oh, to boy. middle earthman thank you for that one uh, <laughs> and we've also seen a lot of series about like humanity spread across the universe and the galaxies but you don't have many series that kind of are in the middle of that where humans have have gotten to colonize the local area but haven't gone further so it's, it was it was it's a nice series in terms of getting to see someone's Uh, expectations for humanity at a certain point in time that we don't see often and the characters are good and the writing is good. I'm not going to say that the books should be uh, getting any awards or anything. Not yet. I've only read three out of like seven or eight or something. Okay. Um, But it's very comfy reading for sci-fi fan and very comfy reading for fantasy fan. um, With... If you've seen the show, with enough changes to the characters and to the story, that it is refreshing to read it, and I really, ha- I really did enjoy reading this, those three, and I'm going to buy the next ones next month, I guess.
0: Okay, well, let's uh, finish up with a trailer, and it is the first trailer for John Wick Four. Yes, unbelievably, now on the fourth movie. Here's a clip. Saying
2: goodbye. Saying hello.
0: You think your wife can hear you? No. Then why bother?
2: Maybe I'm wrong. You're going to die. Maybe
1: not. All right, James, what did you think of the trailer? Looked like a John Wick film, so I'm in. Edit. I'm in. I'm, it's fine. I don't care if they keep making these, because they, they're not pretending that you've got to turn your brain on to watch them. So right. I was going to enjoy it. It's going to be good. So so that was my
0: take as well, because I think initially I watched the trailer and was a little bit annoyed. Okay. Because there was a set, there's a part of it, and you can go watch this yourself, where characters are using swords to deflect bullets. <laughs> and I thought, oh, come on. And I, nearly, I nearly Googled, like... <laughs> Is is there a sword which can deflect bullet? And of course, the answer is no. Right. However, at that point, I realised, and obviously, it's been included in a in trailer. I guess for that
1: reason, yeah, it's that they are very
0: much aware that this is just like a silly action movie, and it's not. You know the first one. Yeah, I was. I really enjoy. I think one of the, the first movies, one of the best action movies of the last twenty years, thirty years even.
1: Yeah, and this even yeah. the second, the third
0: ones, great entertainment. But the time we're at the fourth one, yeah. John Wick must have easily killed in excess of a thousand people. <laughs> and much like uh, superhero movies, where you know whole cities collapse and thousands of civilians are c- doubtless killed. There's no you new know, investigation, there's no like police clean up or court cases or any nice. of that stuff. No, no, no. murder investigation. It's yeah. just like, oh no, it's fine. It's John Wick. He's just going to kill don't need people. to make it real, yeah. So, yeah, 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 Now that I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Of course, swords can deflect bullets, then
1: having rewatched the trailer, I'm actually okay with it. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fun film and the John Wick films have A certain style to them that works they've got they've got their own aesthetic and they've got their own way of filming things they got their own famous actors to chuck in there and this one's got a lot of famous actors to chuck in there (laughs) bringing some back from previous films that we maybe were kind of like why aren't they in the third film stuff like that um and they all kind of chew the scenery in a cheesy way that works so it should just be another john wick film that works my problem is i think they're doing like spin-off films and stuff as well and sorry, they're they're doing a spin-off TV show called The Continental, which is the hotel yeah. where all these assassins go and stay. I think there's a, I think there's a spin-off plan for one of the characters as well. I'm not sure. And that's where I start getting the exhaustion. I, I just I'm okay with something being made forever if it's just entertaining to the same degree forever. It's similar to Fast and Furious. I don't mind that they keep making that because it just keeps doing the same thing and we know what to expect and we get that. If John Wick did that too, good on them, they're getting their money and they're doing it with some stylish filming and good stunt design and things like that. But when he start doing a bunch of spin-offs and creating a universe and making you have to watch a billion things to keep up, it's a bit more tiring. So to film, yeah, and you know, maybe the occasional little extra thing, yeah, but... Uh, all the other things that they're talking about, it seems like it's going to be exhausting pretty quick. Because how, how much can you get out of just people killing each other? Well, well that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, no, I d- others. <laughs> no substance. Yeah, I don't know how much longer they can go. I
0: mean, is this going to be the last one? Because it seems like they're upping the
1: stakes. I think they've got an end in mind for the John Wick character. Right, right. Um, Which to me has got to be dead. They're not just forevering it. Oh, he has to die. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sacrifice himself for some some reason as well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe his dog. I doubt it's going to be a sacrifice for a dog. His car, but maybe like to make two two groups of people stop fighting <laughs> okay. or something. I don't know. Anyway,
0: right, dear listener, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening, James. Anything else to add? I feel we've we've talked a lot today, a little bit. Tune in next week to hear us talk about Andor, the Star Wars show. Uh, okay, let's do that. One episode of that left, and uh, also I, I'm gonna preempt you, James. I want you to consider what your your overall thoughts are on Seesaw Parade hitting the 300 oh, no. mark. Let's get some, you know, you're not gonna be surprised at my thoughts. <laughs> let's get some some best man esque emotions in there, or maybe maybe like <laughs> oh, father of the bride
1: esque emotions. It's been That's more cool, apt. everybody. It's been cool. Let's <laughs> let's keep it doing it. I said save it for next week. Okay. Sorry, I'm just previewing. Thanks.
0: Look forward to that. <laughs> How exciting does that sound? Ho ho! Wow. More from James,
1: <laughs> and me, and anyone else who wants to get involved. Yes, yes, it's a big, it's a big one. It's a big one. Probably. Let's do a, let's do a three-hour recording. <laughs> let's do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Editing. <laughs> Woo. <Woo-hoo>. Okay. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye.